Princess, transmit the outgoing signal. Come on, we need to get this mic buttoned up yesterday. Get that door buttoned up. There, got it. Is it good now? Adjust it on the fly then. Here we go. Going live in three, two, one. This is Hyperborean Radio coming at you from the front lines of the wasteland. Reminding you to keep your head down and your powder dry. And as always, we're here to let you know that you are not in this alone. I am CG, and with me is the Lorekeeper taking time off the front lines for you. Alright, I want to welcome all of you dirty heathens to the Hyperborean Radio Show. This is the uncensored version where we are so naughty that we lost our sponsor. So we are now completely and utterly listener funded. So, uh, yeah, if you like what it is that we do, uh, don't be afraid to help us out. You can do that on the anchor.fm site. Um, we have a GoFundMe, and we and or you could send us a coffee. It should be a functional link in the description, assuming it shows up on pod on the podcast platform that you're listening to. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk. Well, with me today is the Lorekeeper. So how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm actually kind of excited about this topic specifically because I kind of want to tear it a new one. Yeah, so if you haven't figured it out from the title, um, because we have a tendency to title our shows pretty literally, we're going to be talking about conversion tactics. Um, These are typically used and have been for a very, very long time um, by universalist factions, whether it's empire or um, it could be a specific religion or an idea, but is a universalist thing, meaning all the peoples of the world should do this thing and they all use the same tactics. So, um, what is the, the part of it that you would like to bring up first? Well, I think the most notable one and one that is pretty consistently used by every form of universalism is it's, if you can't beat them, join them. The easiest way to get another group to do what you're doing is to convince them they're already doing it. So, for example, in the case of, uh, let's use deities. Oh, I see. I understand your deity. It is actually like my deity. Just you don't fully comprehend the fullness 
of my deity and you're doing it wrong. Something along those lines? Yes. Yes. Uh, for example, uh, one very obvious example is like Sinterklaas, which, you know, is modern day Santa Claus, supposedly. And that's covering up the Holly King. It's covering up a, a number of deities. Vela's got covered up. Woden got covered up. I think Fro got covered up. There's just a long list of deities covered up by him. The same is true of St. Mary, St. Mary Magdalene, uh, St. Martin, St. Blaise. Some of them are really obvious, like St. Christopher. He's got a freaking dog's head. And there's even one that is literally just a dog, uh, St. Guignafort, something like that. And this was Christianity's sort of method is they would use saints and in some cases literally just make something a saint to cover up a deity or a cult of this or that. And then they would absorb those traits into the culture. That's why there's like all these standing stones that are, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of years old, and they're named after a saint. It's not because that they were associated with that saint. It's because they were covered up because they couldn't get people to stop venerating you know, their deities and doing celebrations at the stones. So if you can't beat them, join them. Well, and I noticed that there's a particular path that is taken on this route. And we all need to examine ourselves to make sure that we aren't doing it as well, which is sometimes it'll start out with similar to or like, but these words become too hard to say and or too hard to type. So that turns into, oh, I see. Rather than being, oh, I see, um, you really like Frank. I really like Robert. And they're similar in this way. Rather than doing that, it turns into, oh, Frank is just an expression of Robert. Uh, they're, they're the same thing, just with a, with a different expression of the same thing. So in reality, Frank and Robert are the same people. That's the, the step of progression there. They start out, they... they have to kind of understand and they'll be like, ah, okay, I get it. It's kind of like this or it's similar to, but very, very quickly, similar to drops off. And that's how these conflations are made. That's how that conversion is made. And then comes in the push to get you to start calling Frank Robert. Well, we're not picking specifically on Christianity here because they are not the only ones that do this. Uh, one good example of this would be Buddhism, because Buddhism, when it would come into an area, it pretty much beat for beat did exactly what Christianity did. It appealed to the people in charge, basically offered them power, made a bunch of shiny things to lure people in, made a low effort form of religion that were, there's a form of Buddhism that is literally chant this and you go to heaven. That is as low effort as it gets. It's the equivalent of in some Christian sects of literally just pray and you get into heaven. Like you don't have to do anything, just pray. And it's this low effort thing that is how they draw people in. Like there was even a quote in Christianity, something about how send us your children, your women and your simpletons or something like that. They don't want anyone that thinks. Because the religion doesn't promote free thinking, it promotes obedience. That's why you're referred to as sheep when you follow it. Buddhism's pretty much the same. They, 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 they even have a form of saint, basically, called a bodhisattva. And then they have multiple forms of Buddha. Just like God comes in many forms or whatever. I can't keep track of their nonsense. 
Right, and that's that's just an example because this isn't about Buddhism naughty or Christianity naughty. It's universalism, period. Even modernity does this. Oh, your gods, I see they're archetypes. So how long is it before um, the Dagda is similar to this comic book hero? And then it's a very small step from there, which is a fair enough thing. That's kind of how you come to understand things. You have to use examples, but never stop using similar to. Because as soon as that goes away, then it turns into, well, the Dagda is just an archetype for this, which is a psychological response to this thing. Therefore, you see, the Dagda doesn't really exist. It's just a phantom in your mind that you use as a coping mechanism for this other thing psychobabble psychobabble um by the way science is the real god so it doesn't matter what form it takes universalism is universalism they all convert using the exact same methods well one good example of this is they science especially people that don't fully know their stuff are going to backdate uh, the views that moderns have onto people in the past so, for instance, let's go with the forest, because a lot of people will push forest bad, forest evil, forest scary. And all these things that happen in the forest in fairy tales, it has it's because they're scared. And this is a warning of the scariness of the forest until you look at, you know, history, like stuff written down about like the northern tribes. I mean, first of all, our sacred areas were known as groves. We specifically carved out specific parts of the forest that are specifically for a deity. But number two is a lot of us just lived in the forest. I mean, it's actually pointed out that the the Teutons and the Germanics, whatever you want to call them, they would actually <clears throat> they would actually go around and basically they knew the forest so well that it was hard to battle them in there because they could pretty much know exactly where to strike. They could get you trapped because they lived in the forest. The forest is our home. Yes. And I, I was going to bring up something that was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I forgot what it was. So now we have to wait until that very small train on a very short track of thought uh, comes back around. But yeah, there's, there's all kinds of tools that they use. Ah, I remember it's back. Um, a lot of these conversion tactics also their first go-to is i'm going to use a very condescending condescending and reasonable tone with you so that you cannot therefore disagree with me or argue my points because you see like i am so reasonable and you're the one that's being unreasonable therefore i am the one that's thinking and seeing the full implications while you sir who are getting angry because I'm not making any sense, but I'm using a reasonable tone. You are the unreasonable and unthinking one. It's a trap that, that is commonly used. Well, like I got into it. Uh, I won't even call it a debate. It wasn't even an argument. It was literally just him spouting jargon off at me. But I was talking to somebody about how, because uh, he was saying, the Dogda and the Allfather are the same deity. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? And basically, I kept pointing out that he's ignoring all this. What he's he in, meant Odin. Yeah, he meant Odin. All the gods are Odin. And then 
the person who had actually made the post he was commenting on was like, why are you trying to take the Dogda from me? Why are you trying to take away the Celtic gods? Guy deleted his comment. He disappeared. These people, they know that all they're trying to do is get you to venerate the same god as them. And under the same name. Yes. And under the same same name because it, it, this is the way all these conversations go. Even if you give them ground, be like, oh, yeah, they're very, very similar. Then they end up backtracking back to where they're the same. And then it, slowly the transition comes to where you must call it by their name. So let's go with science because it's too easy to pick on some of these up-and-coming pagan groups. And it's too easy. All the others is, is too, too low-hanging fruit. So let's go with science they will eventually end up insisting that you call your deities archetypes and then slowly you must change the name of the deity from the name of the deity to the name of the archetype so rather than um i don't know tier it's now you must call it the hero archetype and that's the way that these conversions actually work is they, they do this again and again and again. And quite often, well, I was watching a, a YouTube video with a guy, all he does is talk about movies, and he was complaining about all the remakes. And one of the reasons for the remakes, which was pointed out by somebody in the audience, I wish I could take credit for it because it was brilliant, is it's a way of, of subverting culture. Um, because and, and in the pagan community, we do this too where the Norse, everybody can call themselves Norse. It's come on in, call yourself Norse, because now we're sitting at the top. Everybody can call themselves Slavic. All you have to do is worship the, the Slavic gods and come on in. And But now the real Slavs are sitting at the top or the Teutons or the, the Celts. It doesn't matter. It happens in every group. It's the exact same thing as the Christians and uh, Call yourself a Catholic, call yourself a Protestant, call yourself a Mormon, but still do the exact same thing. And by the way, we're the real ones, so we're sitting on top of the pile. It's done in the modern world as well with science. They use science as their religion. Believe the science. Just, just believe the science. Listen to the scientists. It sounds a lot like just believe in the gods and listen to our priest, our Gothi, our Druid, our so on and so forth. So just believe and just listen and stop thinking. It's always the same patterns over and over and over and over again. And that's why I argue against universalism, period, not particular religions, because it is the same thing. The Romans were pagan. The Romans were pagan. They was doing the same thing. In the early, in the early um, Rome, it was similar to kind of like so that they could describe it to their own people, what what these foreigners were like. And then it turned into just their like, and then it turned into it is. This this deity is this deity. Well, you and you can really see it between the Roman and the Greek because they're so mushed up now. It is really hard to pull them apart. And they did exactly the same thing, and they were pagan. But that sense of universalism came because they was pursuing um, empire. Once an empire becomes so big, 
It's not that you have to do this. It's just the easy way. Why bother earning respect? Why bother actually being worthy of being followed when you can just tell people what to do? Precisely. And this is something that's occurring in modern media because we don't even have to go far back to see this method in place. Like, let's use a famous example. Star Wars. Luke, Leia, Han. Everybody's favorite characters from the original trilogy, except for Darth Vader. Darth Vader was also very popular. Yoda. But the three main characters, plus Chewie and their droid sidekicks. What do they do to make you like their new character, their Mary Sue, more? They have her show up and everybody likes her. She's far stronger than Luke, despite Luke being, you know, the person who quote unquote brought balance to the force or Vader was. And then you have, you know, Han and he's immediately impressed by her and takes her under his wing. And Leia, Leia teaches this great prodigy because Leia was also a force user, don't you know? That's why she can marry Poppins herself back into the spaceship. They are insulting the old figures, the people that had earned respect, that were already beloved. And they are making them look like crap and weak and just things we don't like so that you will like this new one. And they're, and that's happened before. Like for instance, the how do they make people not like the good mothers, the, the, the spirits of our ancestors that come see us, the Fae, these sorts of things. They make them the weak, crappier versions of their beloved saints. How do you make the pagan warrior seem weak? Have the saint be able to beat him with a touch of a stick. How do you make Thor weak? You have St. Olaf be able to bat Mjolnir away. This is a method that they have done for a very long time. Have the old figure get just absolutely wrecked by the new figure and then place that story in the folklore so that they can make the new figure replace the old because it's better. Yeah, and there's there's several variations of that too, as well as on occasion making the old hero become the new bad guy. They always require an enemy, whether it's a devil, Satan, whatever it is that you want to call him, or a political faction, um, perhaps between vaccinated and unvaccinated. It doesn't matter what it is. There has to be an enemy to unite against. Which is, I think, why we piss some people off is because we're, we're not pointing saying those guys are the enemy. We're like, eh, they, they're going to do what they're going to do and it, they're going to end up paying the price for it. If you want to become, you can go do that. But if you want to become strong and courageous and wise and actually move on to something better by using what we had before and what we have now, to move forward, take the best of things, leave the worst of things, and just do it, and people are just going to people. Well, everyone will point to this group or that group, but they're not us, so it's like mosquitoes. I don't, th I don't vilify mosquitoes because they suck blood. That's them trying to get food. I just will still swat them or kill them if they, get, if they actually bother me enough. That's the thing is... The different races of man are not the same. You know, it's like saying that the, um, I don't know, the jackal should not be eating the bear. 
It shouldn't be, and the bear should be allowed to hit it and throw it, you know, 20 feet. But if it isn't, eventually they just start gnawing the paws off. It's it's one of the reasons why, like we bring up, good and evil is a false dichotomy. It is morality for dummies. It is it is a very easy thing. And here's the thing. When you look at like the origins of the figure of Satan in Christianity and uh, late stage Judaism, it literally served the figure of the enemy. They would always conflate the figure with who. Yeah, they still do now. Because for the liberals, who is the evil devil? The racist, evil white Nazis. What about the right? It's the left and their vaccines and Biden with his 666. And what about in the olden days? Well, it was at first the other Jews. Ooze. Because they didn't really have a Satan figure, but they did have an increasingly common concept of the evil one. And it was a political tool. They would throw it at somebody. And this is one of the means of conversion. First of all, you get people and then you convince them that this or that is evil. It's why every popping up universalist version of uh, pagan religions has an evil figure. They pick a God, they make them the bad guy. Or a group or whatever. Um, and this is the other thing that they do is all you have to do is do this thing and you're good. In the case of modernity, just, just get your vaccines and you're a good guy. You're not like those evil anti-vaxxers. What? They're, they're Yeah. They give you a bad guy, and then all you have to do is this thing right here, and you're a good guy. You're on the winning side. Yay, you. And you don't have to actually do anything. And a lot of, uh, well, all these groups, too, they also remove personal responsibility from the individual. Where anybody that's listened to us very long, we heap lots of personal responsibility onto everybody. For, for the, the um, well, actually, all the groups. You're not responsible. God is going to come save you. Allah is going to come save you. The Buddha will save you. The um, uh, Brahma, he will lead you to enlightenment. So he's going to save you. Science will save you. Social justice will save you. You don't have to actually do anything. All you got to do is just do this thing that doesn't really, um, you know, give you any personal responsibility just do do this thing so that you can do this thing over here you're good and they all follow that exact same pattern and i'm sure if you look around you can find those patterns everywhere yes it's a whole thing and it's actually it seems like every single time this happens the morality gets more simplified and it's always obey us and you're good Oh, but if you keep doing that, you're bad. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, for instance, we actually were talking about this a few days ago was the concept that baptism in uh, Christianity and desert religions is by water. And it's not just like they do now where they like spritz you with water. And I think in, during the pandemic, they were using, you know, water squirt guns because mm -hmm. reasons. Um Here's a fun fact. Those don't count unless you're a willing, which if you're not even aware of what's going on, you're not exactly willing. And number two, you have to mean it, which if you're a baby and you have no concept of what's going on, you don't mean it. So you're not actually technically baptized. 
And here's another fun fact is uh, those who are unbaptized go to the heathen gods. But that's for another topic. But with all of these things, it's all the same thing. It's make it easier. And what's easier than just dip yourself in water? You want to know what the uh, the closest thing pagans had to a pagan baptism? We don't technically have it in the same sense of it's part of the religion. It's more a rite of passage. Fire. Lots of it. Yeah, whether it's hopping the fire, running through the fire, walking through the fire, uh, or passing through it. Um, infants not thrown in it, held up in front of it because we don't like cooked babies. Um, they, they just don't taste good. Don't try it. <laughs> but yeah, for the North, it's the fire. And, and with the water baptisms, the way that they used to be done, it was unpleasant because they would just about drown the person, you know, to drive out the spirits, uh, the, the evil spirits and the, the bad deeds and so on would come out with the bubbles of the breath. So yeah, you hold them down until they almost drown and then you bring them up. How many people would be Christian now? If they still did it that way, I think most people would be like, you want me to what? Because on occasion, even right up until like the 1930s, people would drown getting baptized. It wasn't uncommon for somebody to drown in mass baptisms. Well, and if you've noticed something, it's that uh, all of these religions start to trend easier as they go on. Because one of their selling points when they first show up is that it's easier. So then eventually, because you're self-selecting for people that want to do less, it gets easier and easier as time goes on until you have today where you don't even have to show up to church, read the Bible. You just have to say you're Christian and you're Christian. How much more low effort can you get? Uh, to where you just are by birth. Oh, but wait, that's happening too. You just are by birth. You don't. You don't have to know any of the stories you don't have to read read the book you don't have to go to a building you don't even have to talk to anybody you just are that's it that's that is literally to that point now already and here's the thing is all the ethnic face and i don't care which ethnos it is is actually in reality the easiest one the is there hard parts about it well yeah because you have to take responsibility for yourself especially with the hyperborean the the hyperborean ones you are responsible for yourself and not just yourself but the people around you so their behavior reflects on you but it's natural which is why it's easy we already look at people and say man that person is just messed up and a good healthy non-interfering society we would put the boots to that person that is just messed up at the very least we would um, the, the community would end up ostracizing them until one of two things happens. Either they, they leave or they die. And that would be like the least violent solution to it. Well, I mean, us being hyperboreans, we'd give them warnings a couple of times, but we would actually self-police in that way. But with all the meddling and stuff, yeah, punching somebody in the face for, for being a jerk is not our go-to, but really it should be. Well, and... Like for, for myself, I have uh, in the past uh, described myself as a German American pagan. I'm going to stop calling myself that for a couple of reasons. One, everyone always is very confused by the American part and thinks the German means I'm Norse. 
So I'm just going to stop. I'm going to drop that off. But basically what I was trying to convey when I said that was I am just pagan by birth. And then I just have been periodically trying to shake off all the Christian crud I was taught. And my gods are not the Norse. They're the German and they're the American folk heroes. And my ancestors are my ancestors. That is what I try to convey to people because it, is important that you actually try to get as close to who you are as possible, in my opinion. The thing about Christianity, the thing about all these universalist religions, is it's all about how you feel and what you want. And it's one of the problems that I'm actually going to point out right now with modern paganism, is it seems to have less to do with who you are or what you do and how you feel. Because a lot of people that do kind of like freestyle Wiccan paganism. Well, don't forget, you have to say the right thing. You have to say the right things. They will literally pick whoever they think is the coolest. Mm -hmm. Like Odin. Why do so many people follow Odin even though he used to be a fairly niche god? Like aristocrats, priests, and I don't know, necromancers basically. Because he's cool. Because he's the it thing right now. And... It's the same with people that like to throw in just the big goddesses, you know, the feminists that are like, I follow Isis and, you know, Amaterasu and Kali and basically any goddess they think fits within their narrative. It, it's not about actual ethnic faith. It's not about actual spirituality. It's I got these cool super girls in my corner. What do you have? Yeah, and here's the thing is, if you're doing it right, you actually don't need the gods. They should be they should come in like third, fourth in line of importance. You don't need them. And well, if you don't believe in them, you can't go to their hall. Who told you that? Who says that? Is it actually in any of the stories, any of the lore? No. Because it doesn't work that way. If so long as you aren't pledged to some foreign deity, you do have a place, potentially, so long as you earn it, with one of our many, many gods. It's not about picking and choosing. If, you're, if you are actually heathen, the gods are kind of like a, a third or a fourth thought in line of importance. What they are is, or what, what they do provide us with is examples. So when modernity says, well, they're archetypes. They're not wrong. They're not right, but they're not wrong either. It's like your father was an archetype for you for that kind of father. Your mother is an archetype for you for that kind of woman. They're still real, but they are also archetypes. So you don't, you don't even have to believe in your mother or father for them to exist. You never had to even meet them, but yet there they are. So that's kind of how it works. And if you're worthy, yes, they're even if you've never met them, but if you are a good, strong person that, they, that they're like, oh, I like this person, they're going to invite you into their home. That's kind of how the afterlife works. You don't have to believe in them. You don't even have to know about them. But what you do have to do is be strong and courageous and wise. You have to be a good person or a noble person. Um, yeah, basically from our perspective, a good person. Because good, evil, it's just a matter of opinion. 
but you do have to be a noble person for them to invite you into their home because that's what they're doing. And then short of that, there's other places that we can go that's scattered through the lore and all of the um, the uh, uh, European folklore. Um, most commonly, they're referred to as a meadow of the ancestors of some kind. Some of them have specific names, but it's still it's just like a wild place where our people go in general if you're not invited to a specific hall. Or if you are so freaking fantastic, um, the people that's alive might actually elevate you to godhood status. It's happened to some of our ancestors, whether you like them or not, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to pull any names out, but it has happened in history where they were being venerated as gods while they were still alive because people looked up to them that much. So on their passing, guess what they are? Yep. And it's not like it hasn't happened within lifetime. Like the famous one of Julius Caesar, he was honored as a God before he actually died. And then he actually became a God so much so that people actually, yeah, like him or not. I know a lot of people don't like him, especially us Northern Europeans, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think because he's not a German God. He's a Roman God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, Sviatoslav. He is a god. He ascended for the Slavs. Oh, the dude with the skin? Peel my skin off? When oh, Zazik? Yeah, I don't know if he hit godhood, but in a pagan society, he freaking would have. That guy was fucking badass. Uh, ch uh, Czech military commander led uh, an army of peasants, was undefeated, was half blind, and then all blind. And then when he died, he asked for his skin to be made into war drums so he could lead his people into battle. It was a it was a badass, but the way our people work is these gods. They are family, whether they're gods that came down, you know, like Zeus. Zeus has a dozen fucking freaking lovers that were human or human esque, who then progenerated many different groups. Or sometimes uh, you have people like Asclepius who was human and became a god. Either way, and the beautiful thing is after a certain amount of time, you can't tell the difference. Like if we hadn't found actual records of Caesar being alive, he would have just been considered a god. Like not even a, a historical figure that ascended, just a god god. And this is partly why we say things like you're intrinsically connected to the gods whether you want to be or not, because they're ancestors. It's like everyone has a relative they don't like, but they're still related to them. You can't do much about it. So it's just kind of a thing. And this is why ethnic faith is intrinsic. Well, and another thing that universalist faiths end up doing is exactly what you see going in, on in Australia right now. And we tend not to talk about politics. Um, but in this case, it actually is valid. And it's, it's in other countries too, but it's most prominent in uh, Australia right now. You will obey. You will do what we say, or we will shoot you. Granted, currently, right now, for the most part, they're using rubber bullets. But there is punishment for not following the universalist religion that they're trying to thrust on you. Well, and it's the same thing that's happened every single time. It's just a statue. It's just two weeks to flatten the curves. 
It's just this. It's just that. Why are you so selfish? Why are you so selfish? Why can't you share? Why aren't you accepting? My favorite one. Think of the greater good. Well, like, for instance, religious versions, for example, it is really common to just instead of saying, OK, don't teach your thing. It's here. Teach our thing, too. That's why you have uh, examples where Yahweh was honored at the same time as pagan gods is they come in initially as just another god cult and then they start pushing the other ones around until they're zealous, trained, crazy people, typically from the youth and the people that were downtrodden and they trained into their crazy people start taking over the whole thing. It sounds similar to, I don't know, communism, scientism, SJWism. Well, and here's another thing that, that is commonly done. Why is it so important? See, I sound reasonable at the moment. Why is this thing so important to you that you grow angry? And an example of that, it's uh, one of the breaking news videos that, that I put up on YouTube with the teacher. And having the, the kids say, say Pledge of Allegiance, but don't have the American flag up there. Well, why is it so important that, they, that the American flag be up there? What's the big What's the big deal if they don't want to stand up? They're still standing up. They're still saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and she put an uh, LGB nine four six five flag up there. So then you got these people that. Well, but I don't get it. Why is it so important? Do you not see what this teacher is doing? Rather than pledging allegiance to the country, which personally I think that's uh, uh, that's a whole another ballpark. But she's switching out, switching out. Already have, have trained this, these kids to do this thing, are continuing to train these kids to do things, and then switch out the symbolism. So you tell me, what is the big deal about these little details? Well, a big example of this is you start by just switching things out. Like, I think there's now a black national anthem and the normal national anthem. It's so what's, the big deal? what's the big deal? We're doing both. Eventually, they'll just be doing theirs. It's like, what's the big deal? They're pledging allegiance to the flag, but they're pledging allegiance to the flag of her beliefs, not the country. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that is happening is and it's been used before. It's they'll just replace the statue of the God or the God's grove with a church. They're still going to the same place. They're still pilgrimaging. We what's just built. We just built a building here. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? It's still a sacred space or. You take the God and then you just replace it with a saint that looks really similar. And they're like, oh, it's just a new statue, whatever. We didn't change the statue. It's still the same statue that it always was. Everybody can come see that statue. It's just instead of now being a a statue to, I don't know, Votan is a statue to Marvel Thor. We just call it Marvel Thor. It's still the same statue. What's the big deal? Get over it. Well, and they start devaluing the figures. Like, for instance, it doesn't matter that Heimdall was cast as black. It's not like he's real. It doesn't matter that Achilles was cast as a black person. It's not like he's real. It doesn't matter that Queen Elizabeth was cast as black. It's not like this is reality. It's just a movie. Well, it's like with Abrahamics. I always blow their minds because they're like, oh, you don't believe in God? Oh, no, I believe in your God just fine. I believe that he's real. I just think that he's a liar and an enemy of my people and watch them just rock back on their heels. Like, holy crap. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, if it's a deity that lots of people worship, um, yeah, it's a real enough God. If it wasn't a God before, our, uh, the, my personal view of it is the collective unconsciousness can create a God. That's how a God is born. One way that a God is born. Um, so it becomes a real enough God. Yes, that is a real God. But I think that God is a liar and an enemy to my people. And then watch them rock back on their heels because I'm supposed to argue and say that their gods aren't real because they're arguing that our gods aren't real. Well, and all forms of universalism start from an ethnic place, like even Christianity. The, well, it started off as a Jewish cult. Yeah, it was a Jewish cult originally. And then it just was bogarted and made into a universalist thing, mostly for political reasons. Same with Islam. I'm pretty sure Allah was originally like a moon god or something. I think so. Uh, something from the Middle East. And then they just transplanted him on top of Yahweh, and he pretty much became Yahweh, and they just ran with it. Uh, Buddhism. Buddhism started in like Nepal or something. Uh, or Nepal, Nepal Tibet. Tibet, somewhere along those lines, maybe both. And then it exploded from there. And there's the ethnic version, and then there's the universalist version. Just like we shit on Hinduism a lot. There are ethnic Hindus. Most of them don't treat it that way. They hate the, the, the universalist Hindus more than we do. Yeah, they hate the universalist Hindus more than we do. Just like we don't like the universalist pagans. Do you really like it when they say that anyone can honor Thor? Do you really like it when someone says Perun, Thor, and Zeus are the same god? Well, they're all the same god. Or well, worse yet. Worse yet. Uh, what was the guys that you used? Perun, Thor, Zeus, and Tyrannus are all the same god. Who the fuck is Tyrannus? Ah, I can hear people out there screaming now. And I, I'm not saying that they're the same at all. If you think that you wasn't listening, back up, listen again. Um, but Tyrannus, he's a, a Celtic deity. Does He has something to do with storms, but not in the same way as the other ones. And the other ones, Perun, Thor, and Zeus, don't have to deal with storms in the same way as each other either. Well, and one of the ways they do this is by containing the gods. They want you to have as few gods as possible, and then they want you to not understand them so they're easy to combine. This is what happened in Rome. There were thousands of gods, and they tried to narrow it down to just, you have the Olympians, and then everything else is just aspects of the Olympians. Right, and that's, that's why I'll say things like, I would rather deal with somebody that's actually just trying to get back to who they are at their biological core and knows none of the lore none of the lore well because they're they're going to actually do better than somebody that focuses on the gods and these details and they're reading stuff from people that aren't even actually heathen or they're trying to this god is the same as that god whenever you see that just throw that part out you can keep reading but assume that there is a difference between them because odds are there are the conflation of deities is part of that universalism, part of that conversion nature. As I think that's one of the first things that we started this podcast out with was the um, conflation of deities. It, this God is that God. It starts out as it's similar to and turns into is. So, yeah, it, it, and it, it never stops. And... Here's something else I've noticed is the people that do this always try placing themselves on top. We're asking you guys to 
think for yourselves. And recently on the Telegram, we wrote up a thing about teaching. What is a teacher? A teacher is somebody that teaches the students how to ask good questions. What is a good question so that I can ask a good question? Two, how to reason. Giving the answers is not the teacher's job. If you can ask the right questions and you know how to reason, and sure, that goes along with knowing math and knowing how to read read and write, that helps. But if you have at least the ability to ask a good question and the ability to reason, you can learn. What they teach currently, and people excel at it, is how to regurgitate answers and how to rationalize. Notice these two things. Each side has, has two things. The traditional teacher teaches you how to question and how to reason. The modern teacher gives you the answers so that you can regurgitate it and teaches you how to rationalize the answers to fit into your perceived reality. We try to follow the previous example. Learn how to ask questions. Learn how to reason. Who's asking or who's telling you this thing? Why are they telling you this thing? What is it that they might get out of you believing this thing? It's not don't listen to people, but stop and think about it and then continue to question it forever. Keep testing it over and over and over again. Well, and one, because you were bringing up how every time someone does this, they try to place themselves on top. So we're the Gothies of the AFA. We're, of course, on top. Or uh, like for the Eastern Orthodox, a lot of times they will talk. There are actual like blacks who will claim to be the original Poles because they're Eastern Orthodox. Or uh, a lot of people that are Christian will claim that their their ethnicity is one of the lost tribes of Jews. Or the Black Irish, the Black Russians, um, the Black Israelite Brotherhood. Um, there's also the original Mormons. It's a whole thing. And then it's one of the things that irritates me is we make so much fun of the the Africans and the we was Kangs thing. But then we start doing the same thing. We, we start saying that we did literally everything and we start doing this white we was Kangs. And it's like, I'm not denying that we might have traveled a bit more. We might have had more influence than history seems to paint us as because we certainly weren't hanging around eating shit in caves at the turn of Jesus Christ coming along. That's all some bullshit to make us look bad. But still, I mean, like, for instance, how many people realize that they are descended of the northern barbarians and i'm bringing this up because i it wasn't until i was in my 20s and i'm not lying here i was like 23 24 25 somewhere around there when i actually verbalized that i am descended of the northern barbarians i and then it clicked in my head and i i had no idea but my entire life i had never thought about it never once I had been so detached that even though logically I'm German, I'm descended of Germany, I'm probably descended of whoever made up the Germans. Mentally, I never put two and two together because I had been raised Catholic. My mentality immediately placed me in Rome. Here's the thing. Rome was weaker for a long time than the northern tribes. The northern tribes were not more primitive than Rome. Far from it. They completely destroyed Rome on numerous occasions. It wasn't hard. 
they won yeah, so like easily. Yeah, the Gauls straight up just come in and just took huge amounts of gold and silver. Of course, the Romans took you know, save face later said that the Romans returned and stopped this. I don't think they did. Well, and there's, there's also the, well, that that's what led to the fall of the Romans. No, no, no. Because quite often while yes, they, they took materials. It's also historically documented that quite often what they did was rebuild Rome themselves and then go screw off. And some of the Romans would go with them because they liked that better. It was basically a freeing of Rome like every generation. Um, and some of the Gauls would stay, and then corruption happened again, and then they'd come back in, and they'd kick the living crap out of Rome again, take a bunch of stuff, uh, rebuild. You know, like, And by rebuilding, I mean like most of the time the senators would just be exterminated. And then the the Gauls would stand there and wait until the people elected their new senators from completely different families take their money, and go fuck off again. It's, it was like a rinse and repeat cycle up right up until towards the end of the Roman Empire where everybody likes to talk about how Rome came out of this tiny little peninsula and just conquered all of the north. But there's a reason why they was able to do that is because the northern tribes were already becoming corrupt in that way. Well, they also would actually hire them to fight for them as well. Like Hannibal hired the Gauls. That was a mistake, not because the Gauls weren't good fighters, but because they had a war season. And when that was over, they went back home. It's like, oh, my job's done. I'm going to go back home now. Go hibernate. Go have fun with the family. And, and another common tool that they use is guilt. But what about the babies? Think of the babies, the poor puppies over there. Why are you doing that? Why are you being so selfish? And I brought this up earlier in the uh, in the podcast, but it's the same thing, and they're doing it still today. But think about the bibbis. Do you want your bibbis to die? You must submit to the overlord of modernity and believe in the science. Just believe it, and everything will be fine. Just submit, and everything will be fine. You... Why aren't you going to work? No, you can't go to work unless you get the vaccine. No, you can't go to work unless you wear the Sharia mask. No, you can't go to work unless this or that. But people are lazy. Are you lazy? Go to work. No, you can't go to work, though, unless you submit. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And it goes all the way back into antiquity. And it's always these universalistic um, views. Because, yeah, even in the North, there was universalistic tribes. There really were. So when these other people say, well, this is nothing new, the pagans themselves were also universalistic. They're not wrong um, because there were some tribes that were. Typically, they end up getting slaughtered by the rest, but some of them were. Some of them continued all the way through. So when these universalistic universalistic religions like um, the Lord Keeper brought, brought this up. Well, you see the universalistic religion of Christianity, it just stems from the, uh, the, the pagan, the European pagan ethnic faiths and stuff like that. Um, so, and it, it's just a natural evolution. It still comes down to the same thing. It's because they was universalistic and then they start jamming stuff together because it's the only way to get people to, to obey, to submit. Well, and I'd like to bring up an important point, which is, 
And it's something we're going to talk about, I think, next week, which is one of the reasons they keep painting our ancestors as idiots that didn't understand anything and were terrified and basically shuddering in their corners, trying to appease, you know, devils to make their lives easier is because if you're connected to your ancestors, you don't really want to venerate, you know, a random Jewish wizard from the Middle East and his antecedents. You don't. And you can see the random pagan stuff that showed up, like the random depictions of Moses who's horned. Or in the modern day, you have things like teddy bears or Christmas trees, Halloween costumes, trick-or-treating, mumming, caroling, Easter eggs. Congratulations, if you're doing that, you're pagan. They deface the ancestors because if you don't want to continue the traditions of your ancestors, if you don't respect your ancestors then you don't want to defend them when they are able to take them away from you. There are people who are like, yeah, the Christians, our ancestors beat the heathens when their ancestors were the heathens. They are cheering their ancestors slaughter. When they paint our ancestors in such a horrible light as idiots, as fools, Fearful. It's fearful. It is because if we connect to who we truly are, then something bad will happen to them. And they know it because our ancestors go back to the tribes. Did we have kings? Yes, but they're not like what we think of today. They were high kings, people who actually were there by merit. I guess another word would be chieftains or something like that. Well, and how that's accomplished is by changing the language. You change the definitions of words. We, we have seen it actually within the last decade where they have literally changed the meanings of words. This is not new. It's, it's been done all along. And it's simply by changing the understanding of it. We spend a lot of time actually trying to um, show what the old meanings of these words were because there's far more power to it. But we'll never get back to the original. And anybody that tries is, is, is a foolish endeavor. You, we're never going to be able to do it. Um, but what we can do is straighten out the the understandings that we have now. And part of that is, uh, like, to tie in directly to what you was talking about, there's a phrase now, and we've heard it our lives, is the fear of God. Oh, the ancient heathens, they feared their gods, so they would kill their babies because they feared their gods. They would kill their babies because they had to pay the god of fertility to make their crops grow because they feared their gods. No, if your gods, if you're descended from your gods, why would you fear them in that way? Do you actually fear your parents? Do you fear your grandparents? How about your great-grandparents? Odds are you've probably never met your great-great-grandparents, which I think you have, what, eight, 12 of them? I, I, I'm not doing the math on it. You have a lot of them, but I'm pretty sure that you don't fear any of them. Any of them. Um, go back 300 years in your, in your family line. Do you fear those people? Odds are no. So why would, why would the heathens of Europe fear their deities in the way that the academics say that we do. So then ask the question, why would they want us to believe that? Oh, it's that we will believe the propaganda that that's put out there. Um, but here I'm going to stop and the Lord keeper looks like he has something else to say. So I'm going to stop right here and, uh, I'm going to 
tell everybody, you know, keep questioning, learn how to reason, stop rationalizing stuff, stop just regurgitating what it is that you heard. Um, and yeah, until the next time, keep your powder dry because shit's about to hit to get real. Well, and I want to say that our ancestors were not weak. They were not easily scared. They even talk about how some groups of the Celts feared nothing but the sky falling on their heads. They laughed when the waves would capsize their boat. They would laugh in the face of death and decay on the battlefield. We were not cowards. We were not weak. These people today who claim to be warriors because they can run a 10-minute mile. These people who claim to be witches because they have a funny hat and wave a little magic wand around. These people who claim to be druids because they go on hikes. These people that claim to be gothies because they're trained guidance counselors. They are a disrespectful lot and I despise every one of them. You have no right to call yourself those names. None. These are not names that are jokes. They were earned. They were hard won through blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice. Years in the woods without a scrap of modern technology. Death, decay, endless study, endless pain. And you think that because you read a couple of books that you deserve to call yourself by that title? Shame. And I'm going to leave with this little thing. If you worship your enemy, you are defeated. If you adopt your enemy's religion, you are enslaved. If you breed with your enemy, you are destroyed. Polydorus of Sparta. Now look around and what are people doing? And with that, the lore keepers out. <laughs>